0: Hi guys, Dipna here, and I'm here for the Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass. So this masterclass is all about you. It's about making you more intelligent so that you can make more intelligent in decisions and therefore make more profits, because that's what it's all about. Now, if you're listening to me on a podcast or um, either on Spotify or on iTunes, then uh, you can get all of my charts and all of my information and all of the 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 details etc that I've, I'm showing here off my website which is Iloverealestate.tv, and uh, you can get all of the all the, the back copies and everything else that's there. Now, as you can see by my background, I am still sailing. So uh, we've been up to the Cape and part way back, and we're having a lot of fun. So, but let's get into the masterclass because. The more intelligent property investing uh, decisions that you make, the more you'll be able to take these kind of timeouts as well. Go and do the things that you want to do. Go and do the, you know, the, the bucket list. Go and create whatever you want to go and create. Because when you create passive income, then you're able to live the life that you want to live. And you know, I met a lady while I was sailing around. Who uh, she's been on the boat for twenty years. Twenty years, my God, that's a long time. Um, but what she does is she paints. She loves to paint. So her and her husband have tapped out, and they're, um, they they uh, they don't live on much. Uh, I was talking to them. They they live on a grand total of twelve thousand dollars a year. Would you believe that's all it costs? So. It's a, you know, that's not a lot in the property space. You can do that in one deal with passive income. So I really want you to, um, you know, treat these webinars for what they are. It's about helping you to make better decisions and seeing if we can help you uh, along the road as well. So let's get into the masterclass and I will bring up my slides, let me share here. Here we go, this week's property masterclass, here we go. It's gonna bring it up. All right, what are we gonna be covering? Well, first up, we're going to be looking at why JobKeeper is not coming back. Sorry to say guys, where we sit on a vaccination race, I'm not gonna to get too into whether we should or we shouldn't or whatever else, but um, it uh, it is affecting lockdowns and other things why we should avoid a double dip recession. Um, there's a bit of talk about that at the moment and I'll explain that uh, all the information through you, to you there. And why property is unfazed so far. And I wanna talk about that and what it means for us as we go through the second half of the year through to Christmas and into 2023. Let's start with the economy. All right, now we're looking at, um, uh, at previous, recessions. Now, a recession is two consecutive negative GDP, so two consecutive negative growth periods of time. Now, you can see there, we had one in the 70s, we had one in the 80s, we had one in the 90s. We skipped the 2000s because GFC, which was 2008, was not a technical recession. We had a negative GDP, we had a positive GDP, and then we had a negative GDP. So because they weren't consecutive, it wasn't a technical recession. So they're the last three that we've had other than 2020. And you can see there the recovery. Now, first of all, on the left-hand side, you've got the disposable household income recovery. Just check that out, guys. Just check how quickly, and these the numbers down the bottom are quarters, just how quickly incomes returned, uh, not just to where they were, but actually bounced up much, much higher than they were before Um, before the recession. Look at the 70s, not real good. You know, we're out to to, uh, five quarters before it it started to come back to where it was. Look at the 80s, again, five quarters before they came back to where it was. And then you had the 90s, which was the recession we all had to have, remember that one, thanks, Mr. Paul Keating. Um, And, uh, you know, we're up to over 10 quarters and still weren't back up to where they were prior to that particular recession. On the right hand side, we have corporate profits and I think this is um, a very good indicator of the the actual health of the economy, and you can see there uh, five uh, sorry three quarters and we're we're about oh, we're probably. Um, up to 234 times on what we were prior to um, prior to the uh, the, the 2020 covert uh, you look at the. The, the corporate profits in the um, the eighties they really zoomed and um, you know the roaring eighties that we had is very much uh, you know were we going to duplicate that we we thought we were we've come back a little bit and that's really due to a lot of the um, the incentives that we had initially being cut back uh, the seventies didn't recover for a very, very long time. And of course, the 90s, very, very poor recovery there as well. GFC would have looked very similar, actually. So we've done well. We've recovered very, very well. Um, the reason for that, look, a lot of it is JobKeeper. 4.6 billion dollars was spent on JobKeeper, which went straight back into businesses. An in actual fact, now that they're looking at the tax returns of a lot of those. Uh, that the the people who who received that support, um, in the height of the pandemic, they actually increased their turnover. So uh, not what it was intended for, obviously, and I think that's one of the big reasons that it won't return. We're not going to see it return anytime soon. There may be small little um, uh, boosts for individual industries if the lockdowns go for a huge amount of time, but otherwise, I don't think we're going to see very much at all. Now, one of the reasons for that is our unemployment rates are so good. We're actually, da, 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 we are under 5%. We're down at about 4.9% at the moment so of, uh, of unemployment, which as you can see, you know, that was, that was back in 2011 when we had those kind of unemployment rates. So great response there on the employment basis. You can see this chart really shows what happened uh, through GFC and how how employment dropped dramatically. Now if you look at that trend line, see how it goes from 2011 through to where we are now in uh, 2021, so so 10 years we're talking here. And you can see if you continue that trend line, we're almost at where we would have been if that trend line had continued uh, without the interference of, um, of COVID there. Household debt. Now, this is a good thing. What we're seeing here is household debt has come down. Um, So the reason for that, obviously, is interest rates. The cash rate is down at 0.1%. So the amount we're paying on our mortgages is a lot less than it has been in previous years. In fact, this chart really shows of the average um, repayment that we make on our mortgage, you can see how much is interest and how much is principal. And um, we are as low as we've been back in the the late 80s, sorry, the late 90s. So the interest rates are well and truly down. Um, A lot of the money that we're paying on our payments is now going against principal. We've been saving um, and we've been really reducing that debt. So that's all very, very good on an ongoing basis. So even if we did have a um, a negative uh, uh, GDP for this next quarter, which probably will happen depending on how long uh, New South Wales stays in in lockdown, particularly, Um, I don't think we're going to have two. So I don't think we're going to have a double dip recession. I think we will have a downward dip uh, because of the lockdowns we're seeing in, in New South Wales. The household savings ratio, as you can see, through COVID, we saved. I've shown you this for the weeks and weeks on end here, when I've been talking about, uh, you know, where we are economically, we've been saving. That money that we received, a lot of it went uh, through, through grants and other things last year, has gone into reducing debt, paying off credit cards, and into savings accounts, because everybody got a big shock with the fact that we need to have Buffers in place. We need to be able to see us through two, three, four, six, six months worth of of um, of uh, time without a paycheck. And I think it was a big shock for a lot of people. Um, there some people are still obviously reeling from that. But a lot of people have really gone, "Wow, we need to take stock here and stop spending," which is what happened through uh, through G through GFC, through COVID last year. Now, consumer sentiment is is down. Business sentiment is down, consumer sentiment is down. So we've had a big boost, as you can see, coming out of COVID, massive upward rise in confidence. And that's great, and that's what we need to get the economy ticking along. That's come down a little bit. You can see the bumps we, we see there on this chart. The first bump is the Melbourne lockdowns. Now, the second bump that we're seeing there Um, There's a second wave in uh, in Melbourne. We haven't got the charts yet. This is not showing the lockdowns that we're seeing right now as we speak in New South Wales. And New South Wales being our biggest economy is really going to hurt. So uh, I guess it comes down to COVID cases. I don't really like to talk about this kind of stuff, but um, you can see there, uh, New South Wales is the one that's uh, hurting the most. Um, and uh, you know they're the ones that are going to to cause the biggest effect. We we expected to see this go off the charts. This only goes to the twenty seventh of, of uh, July. This particular chart that is going to dramatically increase it. So this is this is the amount of cases that they're getting per uh, per day. It's over two hundred right now as we as I record this. Um, and uh, you know. Whether you're for or against or whatever else, this is the facts. This is where we sit from a vaccination perspective. Bit over 40% at the moment have had um, at least one of the vaccination jabs, um, and they want to see it uh, up in the 80s. They think that's herd mentality, not mentality, herd immunity. Um, (laughs) Herd mentality, that's probably what it is. Herd immunity uh for australia that's what they're that's what they're saying and that really won't kick into gear until october i would imagine where we sit on the scale now i don't know whether you knew but during the weeks we've had um, the united kingdom had their big open day their celebration uh because they're sitting up there at the 70 percent mark from a vaccination perspective uh canada very very similar we sit pretty low in these stakes rightly or wrongly um, we, sit, we sit quite low in those stakes. Now, let's have a look at uh, GDP. This is a great chart because what it what it shows is New South Wales represents 32% of the GDP or the gross domestic product, the activity, the, the, the economic activity of Australia. So there, it has the biggest effect. Sydney is the, the largest proportion of that. So it is expected that there's going to be a massive um, shock to the economy because of what's happening in Sydney particularly, but New South Wales generally. Victoria, um, gone in second lockdown again, third, fourth, sixth, whatever it is, 24% of total GDP. Queensland's 19%, WA 15, SA 6%, Tassie 2%, Northern Territory 1% and ACT 2%. So it gives you some indication of just how, um, from an economics perspective and from a wealth perspective and from a, a national perspective, how much uh, each of the states contributes to the wealth of the nation. Now this is starting to show through in manufacturing. Obviously New South Wales, big manufacturing state. Victoria, big manufacturing state. Uh, This goes through to the end of uh, July. You can see that chart now um, you can see the manufacturing starting to drop off because they've had to close that's the reality so uh, you know we were up there producing lots of stuff which i was very proud of look at that turnaround that you see there from what happened in 2020 but that's now starting to come up, off and we're going to see more of that it's not going to be an easy ride we're going to see more of that um, but i don't think it's going to affect the unemployment rates very much at all um, what you're going to see is that a lot of people will keep their jobs, but their hours will be cut, and, uh, and that's a trend that's happening generally with lockdowns. So this is a, a, um, an Australia versus the US versus the Eurozone, um, and it talks about the Delta variant. Um, and the setbacks uh, prompted by, by lockdowns. And you can see there, we were up in the same kind of league as the Eurozone and the US, but this lockdown that we're experiencing right now has thrown us completely under the bus. And uh, there's a, a big divergence now away from where they're at economically compared to what we are able to, to do right now. Uh, this is quite a good tracker. What it shows is CBA has come out and it, it's looked at um, debt levels on credit cards. Now this really shows how um, during COVID we we took all of that extra money and we threw it against our credit cards. We paid off our credit cards. Then we went on a bit of a spending spree. Then we got quite confident into uh, April and May and. And uh, then we had a few lockdowns. And now we're starting to really see a decline in that. So people are starting to pull back. They're not spending as much as, as uh, they were previously. And again, that is one of the triggers for a, um, for a recession. So we're likely to see uh, this quarter really come back and, and have that, uh, that pullback effect of the, of the lockdown and possibly a, um, not a recession, but a negative GDP quarter. The big losers here are services. Of course, if you're in lockdown, you can't get your hair done, you can't get your fingernails done, you can't whatever guys do, I don't know what you do from services, but anyway, um, (laughs) whatever. Uh, You know, all of those you can't do now. Gyms, massages, all the rest of it, they're all down because they're service industries. Goods, they're down, yes, but nowhere near to where the, uh, the services are. We're not spending as much on peripheral things, but we're still spending on food and other bits and pieces. So um, I know uh, up here, the government's very much trying to get you to not order anything online, stop spending completely for a little while, because it does put the couriers and the people who have to deliver all of those goods uh, at risk. I don't know whether that's such a good plan, because it also means a cutback, particularly for Australian manufacturing. But, you know, it's a double-edged sword right now. So this is Australian city CBDs. CBDs have suffered the most. So that's translating into residential, but particularly into commercial. You know, all of last year, the CBD struggle, struggle, struggle street. There's a lot of incentives to try and get people back into the cities. Work from home has certainly had a massive impact on the cities. So the the direct CBD from a residential and a commercial perspective, it's not looking real good right now. Um, There may be some opportunities uh, coming up. I wouldn't jump in right now. There may be some opportunities coming up if you're prepared to ride the downturn, uh, because ultimately they'll come back. Of course they come back. They always have. Um, They've come back, they'll come back strong again, and it'll be the place to be again. But it'll take time. So if you're looking for something that is, you know, uh, you know, a quick turnaround, I don't think this is your answer. I'm certainly not keen on all of the oversupplied apartments that are being uh, shuffled out the door in Melbourne and particularly, but also in Sydney. Um, But the CBDs will come back, you know, it's like the Gold Coast. Gold Coast is a boomerang, it always comes back. It will take some time, that's all. And you can see how all the states, all the states have suffered dramatically from um, that CBD decline. Now, as I said, that's translated into vacancies for resi as well as commercial. Now, the what I'm showing here is the CBD retail vacancies. So these are the shops. You can see there Perth, 26.7%. Now, Perth's a little bit of a different city because it's really a big country town, um, but they were reeling still from the downturn in the mining industry. So those figures are, are high, definitely, definitely high, 26%. Oh my God, that's that's terrible. But they were high pre-COVID too and that is because of the downturn in the mining industry. Adelaide's sitting at 13.3% vacancy, Brisbane's 12.7, Melbourne's 12.8, so not as bad in the retail space as it is uh, in the um, residential, the commercial space as it is in the residential space for Melbourne, Melbourne's terrible from that perspective. Uh, Sydney's down at 8.3 and nationally, we're sitting at 12.9. Now, that's you know it's broken down there on the right hand side between department stores and specialty retailers obviously they're they're suffering the the most um mini majors and then you've got your supermarkets that are still doing quite okay so it is hurting and we're starting to see more of that um play out if we if we continue to have these lockdowns that's going to play out for quite some time now as i say that whenever you have something that is a little bit of a negative it always creates an opportunity So uh, there will be opportunity to buy into commercial space in CBDs in time. But you may have to hold it for a very long time before it starts to swing. And I think anybody looking at this type of investment really needs to take that uh, under advisement. Uh, You can see there the real GDP. Um, This is again put out by CBA. Queensland's probably done the best. We're having this second second, uh, wave at the moment. Um, they're not expecting Queensland to be anywhere near as as bad as the uh, the southern states, although you know South East Queensland's still in lockdown right now. Um, but that second bump, they expect the recovery to be pretty swift. So, if uh, history has, has taught us anything here in Australia, we seem to be able to get on top of it eventually. Um, and things return to normal. Certainly, property uh, will still remain strong, and that applies also to unemployment. You know, yes, we, we might have a little bit of a bump. They're predicting an in, uh, increase in unemployment, uh, but it's going to be a bump. It's not going to be a dramatic. Oh my God, everyone's lost their job. Um, and uh, Queensland is expected to be um, to be uh, looking at at something that is. Um, you know, quite quite favourable. You can see there the new and the old, um, and the old is where uh, you know they uh, they expected it to be. The new is where they've got it at the moment, considering the second waves and all the rest of it. Let's talk about the Australian property market. All right. I've got a huge amount on the property market this week. I gave you heaps and heaps last week, Um, but monthly sales, uh, they haven't reflected the lockdowns yet. So sales are good, auction rates are good, pricing's good, um, still very much a um, a seller's market, not a buyer's market. Depending on how long these lockdowns go for uh, will depend on how much of an impact it has in the short term on properties. But at the moment, there's, you know, there's the, uh, the virtual auctions and things, it's still a very, very strong demand. And we, ha- you know, there's a little bit of a turn down there in auction clearance rates, but it's, it's nothing um, in, a, in the overall scheme of things. I mean, we're still well and truly above where we have been most years in the past. And that's what that chart really shows. Look, my truth bomb for the week, you might think, why have I got a bug on his back? Well, my truth bomb for the week is about it's a bug's life. Why am I saying that? Well, you know, a lot of the time we feel like we're this bug that's lying on our back with our our legs kicking in the air and we've got no control over anything. And, you know, there's nothing we can do and all of those things. But what happens if someone comes along and uh, turns that bug over? Now, this is where we look at luck and i don't think we as a humanity um appreciate the luck that we've had along the way just being here being able to do a zoom call you know you're among the wealthiest in the world and the more we focus on that the more of that we're going to attract So I put this little picky up here to inspire you. um, Be thankful for the luck you have had in your life so far. And if you do that, what you're actually doing is you're attracting more of that to you. So rather than focus on all the crap that may or may not be happening in your life right now, let's just be grateful. You know, you can't be cranky if you go around the the, the whole day looking at things to be grateful for. If If you believe you're lucky, guess what? You'll be lucky. Um, luck does come with a little bit of uh, blood, sweat and tears, I might add, but uh, you know, look at where your thoughts are at, look at where your heart's at, look at what your underlying beliefs are, because we are really very lucky in this country. We are lucky to live where we are. We're lucky to have clean air. We're lucky to have clean water. We're lucky to have jobs if we've got them. We're lucky to to be have a a property market that we can do anything with we can create we can replace our income we can grow wealth we can we can do all sorts of things we've got an educational system that you can just tap into so what i want you to do now guys is appreciate your life appreciate the luck that you've had in your life and uh, take me up on my offer to to book a free 60 minute breakthrough session with one of my advisors, all you've got to do is go to I love real forward slash questions forward slash and uh, my advisors have allocated a few times that you can book in for all I ask is that if you book a time turn up my advisors are going to be there for you. So write it in your diary. Um, there's only a few there for you to take up, but jump on that. And let us let us go through how we can help you. You know, we've helped thousands and thousands of students replace their income and build wealth and build sizable portfolios and and get on track and and to you know start the process and and to to really change their life for the better. And I think if if there's one thing that COVID has taught us, it's a bit of a shake up, it's a wake up call to start living the life that you wanna live. Life's too short not to. So um, that does come with, with some education, it comes with some commitment from you. Uh, and that's what I, you know we've been doing for over 20 years now and have some amazing, amazing stories that you can tap into. So look, grab one of the appointments, they're free. iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash and uh, let's uh, let's see how we can help you. So that's it for me, guys. Thank you so much for sharing in this week's Intelligent Property Masterclass. Start to live the dream. Start to live the life that you want to live. Look at my background. Um, you know, do the things that you want to do and um, stay safe. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye now.